0: welcome to the show everyone this week we have two movies only semi-related to ghosts we have a white rapper and we have an avenging arachnid it's the week of july 7th 2017 and this is future flicks with billiam episode 49 everyone welcome welcome to the show this is future flicks and i am your host billiam let me give you a little information on what i do here just in case you're new and if you're new welcome but if you're not new welcome back on Futureflix, flicks i go over every movie that's being released during the week i tell you what it's about who's in it and my thoughts on it i will give the movie a score which i call the billiam's interest level score aka the bill score This score is only based on the trailer and anything I've read about the movie, but let's start this episode with some housekeeping. You can find me on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, YouTube, which I should be getting back into hopefully soon, and any podcast listening app. You can also find me on the Somewhat Nerdy website, that's somewhatnerdy.com. You can reach me on Twitter at BilliamSWN. Email me at billionreviews at gmail.com and follow me on Instagram, BilliamSWN there as well. So let's move on to our first segment, which, as always, is the news. Collider updated and re-released an article from back in June with the list of known superhero movies coming out between now and 2020. Whoever re-released this article did a piss-poor job, as most of the information consists of things like Untitled Fox Marvel Film, release date June 26, 2020. What we know so far is expecting some sort of combination of Deadpool 3 and New Mutants 2. Like, that's it. So you know nothing. You just wanted to get more clicks on an article you already wrote, so you added nothing to it, and then posted it again. Well, I hate to say that it worked, because I clicked on it, but you are click whores. That's all you are. On to some better news, Louis C.K. can now add movie distribution to his list of jobs. He's releasing a documentary called Check It! about a black gay gang in Washington, D.C. The directors, Toby Oppenheimer and Dana Flohr, followed these gang members around for four years, documenting the violence against them, the poverty they live in, and the harassment they deal with. This is executive produced by Steve Buscemi. Deadline reports new plot details about the Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them sequel. This movie has Eddie Redmayne, Catherine Waterston, Allison Sudol, and Dan Fogel, as well as Johnny Depp returning, but adds Jude Law to the cast as a young Dumbledore, who needs the help of Newt Scamander. Principal photography began on July 3rd. The plot details that were released are nothing new. Newt gets enlisted by Dumbledore to help catch Grindelwald, and Newt's friends from the first movie get dragged back into it. Rowling penned the script, and David Yates is back to direct. So there's that. IndieWire is reporting that sci-fi is beginning work on a sequel to 1999's Deep Blue Sea, the only confirmed cast member is Michael Beach who will also see in 2018's Aquaman. Magneto may be an X-Men Dark Phoenix. For you comic fans out there, you'll know that everyone's favorite refrigerator accessory wasn't in that particular story arc. A report has come out, and CinemaBlend got word of it, that they have plans to make Magneto a cult leader. A producer on the X-Men series, Laura Schuler Donner, said that the films will no longer touch on the history between Xavier and Eric. In, huh, that's cool, news, the people over at Halloween Costumes created a poster mashup of Justice League and A League of Their Own. You can find a link to the article as well as the poster in the show notes. Now, this final story has nothing to do with news, but I just wanted to bring it up because of how stupid it is. Apparently, a few nights back, The game show Jeopardy! had a category called Stay Woke, and instead of it being about social consciousness, it was about not falling asleep. No big deal, right? Wrong. That's a big deal. So the social justice warriors of the internet took to Twitter to tweet out their anger, and my. God, are these people stupid. An actual activist and someone who strives for social change is one thing. But morons like this, who go and get angry over Jeopardy, are dickheads and give others a bad name. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that is it for the news. Let's step into the next segment, which, as you all know, is the Trailer Trove. Avast and welcome to the Trailer Trove. We have a first trailer for Death Note. No, nothing Japanese. This one is American for some weird reason. Uh, The good news is that Netflix has it so that it could be good. Odd thing is that instead of it being a psychological thriller, it looks like it's a movie based off a YA book. So that's odd, but maybe it's trying to appeal to the trove of angsty teen fans this series has. But from the looks of the trailer, it's gonna stray from the source material in terms of tone. Jumanji Welcome to the Jungle has a trailer and it looks super mediocre. It has a good cast, it has funny moments, and it isn't a remake. So it has all of those things going for it. However, this is just your typical action comedy. Lots of people will be left disappointed if they go into it expecting more. Only time will tell what's in store for us when this movie comes out. We have a cuddly and happy trailer for a movie called The Last Face starring Charlize Theron, Javier Bardem, and Gene Reno. Check it out, it's full of smiles and not at all horribly depressing. From news that'll make Roz from somewhat nerdy and rooting branches happy, we have a trailer for The Cult of Chucky, and it looks pretty good. As good as a slasher sequel can look. If you're a fan of these movies, then this is up your alley. We also have a first look at Marvel's Inhumans, and it looks mediocre at best. The costumes still look like low-budget cosplay. If a normal person had made some of these costumes and I saw them at con, I may take a picture with them. Maybe even compliment them. But the fact that a studio is putting this out, it's sad. Polaroid has a trailer and it looks pretty good. No, not the camera company, but a movie about an old Polaroid camera. This is based off a short film of the same name. The director returns and he picked up former Attack of the Show correspondent Blair Butler to pen the new script. It's about a Polaroid camera where the people die after getting their picture taken. So it's like Death Note meets a camera. The Greatest Showman has a trailer. This is inspired by the imagination of P.T. Barnum. This is an original musical and it looks pretty good. I gotta say, it looks pretty good. Looks like it was heavily inspired by Moulin Rouge as well as based on the set design, but no Baz Luhrmann directing this one. This one's directed by first-time director Michael Gracie, who was also picked to direct the Naruto movie, which, based only on the plot details, looks like it's going to be an American rip-off piece of garbage, but of course this is only based on the plot. I could quickly change my tone the very minute more info is released, but I'm basing this on the synopsis IMDb has. So, so take that opinion with a grain of with a huge grain of salt. And finally, in what is probably the best Trailer Trove news ever, we have a trailer for Rick and Morty season 3. It is set to premiere on July 30th, and my god, it is about time. If you don't like Rick and Morty, then I'm sorry, I guess your funny bone is broken. I hope you get it replaced soon. Well, that's it for the trailer trove. Let's jump into this week's movies. There aren't that many, but that's a good thing because the pick of the week and the biggest movie of the week is huge. But let's start off with a small one called Wrecker. Two best friends go on a road trip into the desert because why the f*** not? They decide to take a shortcut because why the f*** not? And thus, they become the target of a psychotic truck driver. This stars Anna Hutchinson from The Cabin in the Woods. We've seen this movie before, and for some of us, that's going to be a good thing. People like Roz and Rooting Branches, who love horrors, will probably check this movie out. Maybe even like it. But for people like me, and probably a lot of you, who just enjoy horror, we won't be interested. To me, this movie looks like Joyride, but... But to someone who enjoys these kind of movies, this has plot similarities but could be different. I know I'm talking about how others view this film a lot. It's because I had reading branches in my ear when we were watching the trailer so I can actually tell you what a horror fan thinks. Normally I don't have her right behind me telling me what she thinks, so any opinion I give is 100% my own. But this time I can tell you that from a horror fan standpoint, it looks like something she'll watch. But of course, this is future flicks with Billiam, so it all comes down to my thoughts and my vote. This looks like yet another student film got a theatrical release. I've seen low-budget horror movies that were good and worth a watch, but the cinematography looks amateurish. The acting looks barely passable, and it's a tired idea. Let me be very clear that this could be the case of a sh- trailer. Small budget horrors tend to have very bad trailers. I liked the movie Hack, which was a purposefully cheesy and self-aware slasher flick, but the trailer failed to show any of that. Had Future Flicks been around in 2008 when this movie came out, I would have taken a huge sh- all over it and given it a 1 out of 11 and told you to forget about it. The same goes for a movie called Behind the Mask, The Rise of Leslie Vernon, a movie that I really enjoyed. It's it's actually one of my favorite slasher films, but it had a terrible trailer that if I had seen the trailer first, I would never have watched the movie. The only reason I picked this movie up is because it was a couple bucks at Fry's and I grabbed it and then I watched it and it was really surprised. So that's the risk of the way I do things here, though. Like I say in the show description, I only base my score and my thoughts off the trailer, and sometimes if I read about it in a magazine or something, I'll base it off that. But that's it. As we all know, trailers can be very deceiving. If Trailer Guy works his voodoo witchcraft, he can make a terrible movie look great. But let's get back on track. For your average movie fan, this movie is fully skippable in theaters and at home. Only person I would recommend this to, the only person I would tell to check this out, would be a true horror fan. If you are one of those, if you love horror movies, then watch this. You probably will no matter what I say. If this does get a theater release, which I'm pretty sure it will, because that's what every source I have says. I talk like these are actual people. Every website I check out says... Then it will be a very limited release but even if it does come to your area skip it even if you're a horror fan this is something that can be watched at home and enjoyed at home if it turns out to be good you can always watch it on streaming even if this turns out to be some sleeper hit there's nothing about this that requires a theater watch so you're not going to miss out on anything by waiting but i still think this is going to be pretty bad and that only hardcore horror fans will give it a shot wrecker it's a 2 out of 11. Next, we have a movie that caught me off guard, so much so that I'm actually going to put it on my to-be-watch list. That movie is called Patty Cakes. Patricia Dombowski is an aspiring rapper who goes by Patty Cakes, or Killa P. This movie follows her journey as she begins to chase her dream and become something more than she ever thought possible. This stars bit-part actress Danielle McDonald and Mamoudou Affi from The Circle. At first I thought this was gonna be a comedy. We have a heavy-set white girl trying to be a rapper that has comedy written all over it. But writer-director Jeremy Jasper went a different route. Sure, there's still gonna be a funny moment here or there, but this is going to be a drama first. Fun fact about the star, Danielle McDonald is an Australian actress who was supposed to be on the ABC family show Huge, but when her visa came in too late, she lost the role, but you know, came over anyway, and now she's in this movie this film looks like sing street meets eight mile and that's a combination i never knew i wanted until now and now i'm glad it's coming out i hope this movie focuses on how closed and prejudiced the rap world can be okay don't misunderstand there are a lot of people out there who just love good rap no matter who makes it but there's also a big part of it that would take one look at someone like patty cakes and tell her to get the out because she's an overweight white girl From the looks of the trailer, she finds people who support her and are impressed by her, so she has her posse. But I want to see her work to get the respect of those around her, just like Rabbit did after the spaghetti incident. This is going to be an inspirational movie that will show you that dreams can indeed be chased and come true, but I have the feeling that this is going to stay realistic. She's probably not going to get some multi-million dollar contract at the end of the movie. What I do see her getting is, let's say it together... R-E-S-P-E-C-T. So she's not huge, but she's earned a foothold in the scene, and I think that's how this is going to end. And then she can move on from there. Even though I really want to see this, this isn't going to be a theater worthy movie unless you really feel like taking a trip to your local indie theater. Otherwise, save this for streaming. I bet you Netflix, Hulu, or Amazon will pick this up and you can watch it with the subscription you already have. This is going to be a fun and enjoyable movie that will be worth the wait. Save it for a rainy day when you feel like a pick-me-up. Patty Cakes gets a seven out of 11. Alright folks, we have one movie left before the break, and that movie is the first of two documentaries this week. This one is called Santuala. A Dutch couple move into a Spanish village called Santuala, but they get in a conflict with the residents and the husband goes missing. I don't have much to say about this, partially because the trailer left me really confused. It didn't tell me anything only reason i know what this film is about is because the synopsis told me i had to rely on imdb and i shouldn't have to it's true some trailers give away too much but this one didn't give away anything other than the fact that this looks like it was filmed by a drunk person with a handheld camcorder this could be interesting but based on the looks of the trailer and the fact that it showed us nothing means i can't recommend this at all ever made this trailer is either really At their job or is some sort of hipster trash. Don't see this movie. It looks bad and it's presented bad. Santuala gets a zero out of 11. And with that, my friends, it is time for the break. We have a new promo for you this week, so we'll have three different ads during this break. The third ad is from the Uncorked Gamers, a group that I work with and haven't recently, but I will get back to them eventually. They sent me a promo that. (laughs) they just threw together you can tell it wasn't even scripted and it, you know it made me laugh so i'm gonna throw it on the show i will get a cleaned up version from them later but for now the one you hear on the show is the one they sent me and the one they just made on a whim so stay tuned for a word from our friends at somewhat nerdy radio nerds of the squared circle and uncourt gamers stay tuned Good journey, nerds. Nerds of the Squared Circle on SomewhatNerdy.com Nerds of the Squared Circle on SomewhatNerdy.com Nerds of the Squared Circle on SomewhatNerdy.com Hi, I'm Sam Jericho of SomewhatNerdy.com's Nerds of the Squared Circle. Join me, Snarf Chris, and the dude with the headband. We talk about wrestling and more wrestling. Do you like wrestling? Yeah! Then you should listen to our podcast. Do you not like wrestling? You should still listen to our podcast. Someone to Read a Com's, Nerds in the Squared Circle. Subscribe to us on iTunes or your favorite podcast app today. Nerds in the Squared Circle on SomeoneNerdy.com. I'm Dan. I'm Jeff. And we're the Uncourt Gamers. Have you been looking for a video game podcast where people don't get insider knowledge? Where people don't have access to games early and they're just everyday Joes like you? Is that the same podcast that I've been looking for where sometimes we don't even talk about video games? That's right. This is the Uncore Gamers, the gaming podcast where we talk about games when there's gaming news. If there's not, we don't try to half-fist game stuff into your throat. We'll talk about things like the 90s, quarantine, And the 80s? And the 80s. (laughs) All right. So if you're looking for a video game podcast where people make bad decisions just like you do in your everyday life, check out the Uncore Gamers. We're all just a bunch of scumbags. So remember, if it isn't about video games, we'll find a way to make it about video games. All right. Well, welcome back. What did you think? What did you think of their impromptu ad? Well, like I said earlier, we have two documentaries this week. The first one was Santuolo, and the next one coming up is another documentary, of course. And it's also the first of two movies with ghosts in the title. So that's a fun fact. We have a little pattern this week, right? The next movie is called City of Ghosts. This documentary follows a group of journalists that go by the title Raqqa is being slaughtered silently. These journalists and activists fight against the rise of ISIS and do so at their own peril and even the peril of their loved ones. They struggle daily to fight against ISIS and to stay hidden and safe. This is brought to us by Oscar-nominated director Matthew Heinemann, who directed Cartel Land, a documentary about the drug problem at the U.S.-Mexico border. The first thing about this i noticed is that it was better than the last movie the production value just looked better it looks like it was made with something better than a refurbished camcorder the director bought at fries this is going to be a hard documentary to watch because it's going to be brutal we're going to see scenes of isis in cities that are under their control executing people and overall just running the show these guys left their hometowns fearing for their lives This is going to show interviews with the journalists and show the struggle they go through. Of course, this movie has an angle. And as of right now, I don't know what that angle is other than just telling the story. Every documentary has a story it's pushing, information it picks up, and information it chooses to leave behind. I kind of wish I knew what this documentary's angle was just so I can gauge how honest it's going to be. Will this be a fully true story with editing only being used as a dramatic tool? or will this be skewed? Will I watch this movie? No, probably not. Even though it seems interesting and looks a whole lot better than Santuala, even then, nothing about this screens must see. This isn't Supersize Me or The First Inconvenient Truth. This movie tells a story that deserves to be told, but isn't for everyone to hear. I'd much rather watch this information if I could watch it in an episode of Dateline or 60 Minutes. As a full movie, no, I'm gonna skip this. This is going to be dark, depressing and real and if that is your kind of movie then check this out at home if not skip this entirely maybe find an article about this group and read up on them but skip the movie city of ghosts gets a 5 out of 11 well that's it for the documentaries but remember folks we have one more movie with ghost in the title and that film is called a ghost story a recently deceased man comes back as a white-cheated ghost and returns to his home to try and reconnect with his wife and also to see the history of the house he loved so much. This stars Casey Affleck from Manchester by the Sea and Rooney Mara from Pan. Fun fact about this movie, I didn't see her credited, but I think the ghost was played by Watch Your Mouth Podcast's very own Jess. If you listen to Watch Your Mouth, which you totally should, you'd know that she's a ghost and uses a white sheet. Fun fact there. So we we kind of know a celebrity. It's, it's really interesting. But back to what I know for certain about this movie, it looks f***ing weird. It looks like it could also be good, but it looks weird more than anything else. Casey Affleck walks around in a literal white sheet with eye holes cut in it. This is some artsy bullshit movie that I believe has promise. Promise to be so weird that it borders on, like I said earlier good of course this could be lamer than a horse with four broken legs i have the feeling that this is going to get a lot of love from indie film lovers as i've heard quite a bit of buzz about this this isn't going to be able to compete at all with this week's pick or even last week's pick but as far as the indie circuit goes this could win the weekend what this film has going for it is beautiful cinematography and great actors. Actors who, in fact, have worked together before. And not just that, but the movie they were in together was written and directed by the same guy who wrote and directed this movie. That is David Lowry. And the other movie they did was Ain't Those Bodies Saints. No, no, you didn't hear me incorrectly. That's the name of the movie. Ain't Those Bodies Saints. What the sh? Correction, ain't them body saints. Okay, I got one word wrong, but it's still weird. Those three things that I mentioned earlier, the acting, their history together, and the cinematography are enough to warrant a viewing of this movie, but not enough to earn a recommendation for a theater viewing. Remember folks, while I do prefer to save theater trips for big flashy movies, if an indie film or non-flashy movie looks good enough, it will get my vote. This one, however, doesn't get that. This trailer made it look interesting, It got me curious, but didn't do enough to make me take any action. This is a movie I'll watch, but once I can watch it for free on some streaming service. That's all this weird trailer can get from me. If you see this, you'll probably see some great acting and the director's unique eye for artsy shots, but as for what else you'll see, I can't say because I don't know. You should follow my lead and watch this, but do so at home. A Ghost Story gets a 6 out of 11. And finally, my friends, is the pick of the week, and we all know what that is, so say it with me. The next movie is called Spider-Man Homecoming. This movie takes place several months after the events of Captain America Civil War. Peter Parker, now paired with Tony Stark, tries to balance his life as an ordinary high school student in Queens, New York, while fighting crime as Spider-Man. This stars Tom Holland, Robert Downey Jr., and Marissa Tomei from, well, Captain America Civil War. It also has Michael Keaton from Birdman or The Unexpected Virtue of Ignorance, John Favreau from Chef, Gwyneth Paltrow from Iron Man, Zendaya, who I guess is a musician or something, and Donald Glover from Community. When this movie was first announced, when I first learned that another Spider-Man movie was in the works, I... I wasn't on board. I really wasn't. I was tired of another Spider-Man with another new actor. Are we going to have to watch Uncle Ben get murked again? Like, really? But then I saw Tom Holland in Civil War, and he was really good. This is a Spider-Man that I've always wanted. I I liked Andrew Garfield. I liked Tobey Maguire. But Tom Holland is way better than they were, and they did a good job. His short part in Captain America's Civil War made the entire movie. Just like the Quicksilver scenes in the last two X-Men movies, Tom Holland in this film made it. Now he gets his own movie. But the question was, how was that going to come out? Because this director really hasn't done anything else before. The only two movies he did that I think people may have seen were Cop Car with Kevin Bacon and Clown. He also did some episodes of the Onion News Network and Onion Sports Dome. So they picked this guy to direct such a huge movie. While I never would have made that choice myself, it looks like they picked the right guy. What they saw in him, I had no idea. Because making a movie like Spider-Man with an actor like Tom Holland and the way he plays Peter Parker... Picking the guy who did some creepy indie horror didn't seem like the smart choice, but looking at all the trailers that have been coming out recently, it looks like they did it. They picked the right guy, which surprises the hell out of me. You know what else surprises the hell out of me? There were six writers on this. Jonathan Goldstein, John Francis Daly, Eric Summers, Chris McKenna, Christopher Ford, and John Watts. Oh my God, why? I-, I forgot all of my Spider-Man Homecoming news history, but I'm guessing that there are a sh- ton of rewrites because they the original writers did something. Someone went, oh, you know, that's pretty cool, but I think it's going to be a bag of dicks, so let's bring in these other guys to do it. These other guys came in and messed with it a bit, and then they thought, oh, let's make it less dickish Bought these other guys in, and maybe that's how it worked. But whatever... The real reason was whatever the real story was however they did this the fact that they got this nobody director and six writers for this goddamn film it all came together to what looks like is going to be the best movie of the summer this is the summer blockbuster i was looking forward to the most of course i don't count it as a summer blockbuster because technically the season is done by then another thing that i really like about this movie is that we're not going to have to watch uncle ben die again because At this point, where we join Peter Parker in this, Uncle Ben's dead. And I don't mind that we don't see it, because if you don't know this story by now, then there's no hope. Then either you're not interested enough, or there's just no hope for you. Because this is the second movie incarnation of the series, not to mention the TV show, not to mention the cartoons, not to mention the comics, not to mention that this is one of the most famous comic book stories ever. So we don't need to see that. And they knew this they're gonna drop us right in with the action of course spider-man's still coming to his own he needs iron man's help which of course i don't think there was ever an incarnation of spider-man that needed iron man's help he always really did it on his own But I don't mind. I don't mind this new take because it looks like it's working. And this film actually looks like a mix between a superhero movie and a John Waters movie because part of it seems to be this high school slice of life comedy. Like I half expect Tom Holland to walk around a corner and see Molly Ringwald in one shot. But I like this. We never got to see Peter Parker in school. Not really. Not even halfway through Spider-Man 1 and he went off to college. And Amazing Spider-Man just picked up there we didn't even see him in high school this we get to see him in high school even though they even though they mess with the time so much at this point i don't care i just want a really good movie and it looks like we're getting a really good movie this movie is going to solidify spider-man as a character in the mcu and we're going to get more of him so when he pops out in the next avengers movie we'll be really familiar with him i don't even know why i'm talking so much about this movie because if you're a nerd if you're a true nerd you know about this movie you're stoked about this movie unless you are grumpy pants mcgee in that case you're not stoked about this movie For the rest of you, for the rest of us, this is the movie to see. This is the movie to see in theaters. Don't wait for Home to watch this one because it's going to be visually impressive, something that's going to warrant a big screen. And for hardcore comic book fans i don't think i should have to say this but i want to say this just in case just in case you don't know you need to go into this movie knowing that's going to be its own thing is it going to borrow from the comic books is it going to use things from already established spider-man lore of course it will but the main story everything is going to do is going to be its own thing aunt may has never been this young peter parker has never been this young the vulture has never been this young that's just part of of the many changes they made so when you go into this movie go into it just wanting to watch a fun comic book movie do not try to pick it apart too much and compare it to the comic books you love when you go see this movie go in there expecting to see something funny go in there expecting to see something flashy go in there expecting to see something good is this going to be a mind-blowing spectacle Maybe, maybe not. At the very least, we're going to see a good movie. But at most, we're going to see the best comic book movie yet. Spider-Man Homecoming gets an 11 out of 11. Well, my future friends, it is time for the question of the week. And we got one answer this week. And one is better than none. So let's get on with it. If you do not remember, the question from last week was, what is your favorite? Favorite vehicle from a movie? If you remember, I posted the link to the somewhat nerdy Nerd Talk where we talked about this before, though it was in all of nerddom, our favorite vehicle from all of nerddom. This time I narrowed it down to your favorite from a movie. The answer we got was from the Uncorked Gamers, and here we go with that. This one is from Dan of the Uncorked Gamers. He says the Ghostbusters car, which I'm, I'm Kinda address that in a bit. I just want to drive it around with that siren blaring, the anthem of my nerdy love. Okay, good answer. But it's the Ecto 1. Come on, Dan. The Ecto 1. That that is bordering on a scrub tier answer, Dan. It is the fact that you are my friend that uh that you know what? I'm not going to jump down your throat. So that's a good answer. I respect that answer. And I'll give you a pass. It's called the Ecto 1, but good answer. As for my answer, i have to pick the delorean from of course back to the future i was thinking the batmobile i was thinking kit because technically there was a knight rider movie so i could have picked kit the megazord because of the power rangers movies but it has to be the delorean besides the ecto-1 and the delorean what what other vehicles are more iconic if you can think of something else And you want to answer, even though it's an old question, you can always answer. But for the new question of the week, that question is, because Spider-Man has had so many chances, what movie or movie series or franchise do you wish would get a second chance so what movie or movie franchise do you wish would get a second chance well my future friends that is it for this episode this is probably one of our shortest ones in a long time so yeah there we go you can get back to listening to the other great somewhat nerdy podcast network podcasts as sooner now so there we go but let's step right into the housekeeping you can find me on itunes soundcloud stitcher Google Play, YouTube, Tumblr, and any podcast listening app, as well as the Somewhat Nerdy website. That's somewhatnerdy.com. I'd really appreciate it if you took a few minutes out of your day to give the podcast a rating. I would love five stars on iTunes or a like or whatever it is on any other platform you listen to me on. Leave a comment. Tell me what I'm doing right. Tell me what I need to improve on. How do you reach me? That's a great question. Leave a comment for me on the Somewhat Nerdy website or the Facebook page. Leave a comment on SoundCloud. Hit me up on Twitter at BilliamSWN, Instagram, Tumblr, and Untapped there as well billiam swn email me at billiamreviews at gmail.com be sure to check out the somewhat nerdy radio and nerds of the squared circle also on the somewhat nerdy podcast network and the watch your mouth podcast a great swearity that's finishing up its semester don't forget to check out the uncorked gamers i will be back with them this september but for now it is dan jeff and gail who do a great job even without my illustrious help please check out the somewhat nerdy site for all of our latest blogs and news and finally my dear friends and dear dear listeners my future friends please remember that no matter where life takes you no matter what your week has in store just take some time to catch a flick i'm billiam from somewhat nerdy signing off i'll see you in the future